This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard, and with me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Hey, everybody. And uh, joining us to discuss all things Melbourne Storm, the reigning, defending, undisputed Coltrane Cup uh, champion and diehard Melbourne Storm fan, M. Sprouster. Hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, great. How are you, more importantly? Warm, but well. Yep. Yes. So <laughs> both Camp and I re- realized that there was no law against buying an inflatable pool from Kmart and putting it on your balcony. And you, uh, and you discovered that today yourself. So that's good. You're now one of us. Yes. Uh, when it gets warm in the sunshine state, a body of water is required, almost by law. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you guys, inflatable pool, that's the best tip that we will give you all year. Like, it is right. an absolute game changer. If you oh, fill, yeah. up, fill, fill, fill her up, get a six-pack, float around, and just let, let your troubles soak away. I mean, yes. I've already I've already sunk all the Patreon money into inflatable pool futures <laughs> for 2023. <laughs> I feel like the only way is up. Matt, you were supposed to sell before, winner, before. <laughs> ah, shit. Um, but, uh, one stock I'll never sell is my belief in Craig Bellamy and the Melbourne storm because nice. every year people write them off. I think people have kind of stopped doing it as much. And like we, like, I reckon around 2015, 16, like when the big three were all still there, but like getting a bit older, people were doing it every year. Like, oh, this is the year, this is the year. And I think they finally realized after like the 2017 season, <laughs> they're like, just shut, just shut up. Like stop you, writing them off. Do you actually reckon? Because I've heard more, um, like this is it mm. it's all over the storm are falling apart everything's ruined this year in like the last mm. three weeks and i've heard in like four years yeah well, well i i do think i do think there are probably more concrete reasons for that than there yeah. was in the past i think for a really long time people were just sick of the storm winning all that's the true. time so they were oh, like, it oh, definitely this is came the year. yeah this it definitely came from a over. place of hate originally yeah. hey. and people wanted to be people wanted somebody guys wanted to be the hero yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, you remember the year the storm fell apart and I absolutely picked it? I'm yeah. just the greatest. Mm. You know, but I do th- and I, I do think that there are concrete reasons why you might say the storm are going to have a bit of a slide this year. But when we say, like, oh, yeah, the storm are going to decline, yeah, I'm talking I was about say, finishing, like, the bottom half of the eight. Contextually a for Melbourne. You offer that to the Tigers that sell their fucking souls for it. They're, 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 they're throwing, they're throwing their memberships on the pitch after finishing fifth. Like, <laughs> I, I fucking would, too. I would go burn the place down. Um, yes, contextually, I think that we are going to have a mm. more challenging year than we've probably had in the last couple of years. However, I still think, you know, yeah, uh, somewhere between second and sixth is completely normal for us yeah, and my, will definitely happen my main issue and i think i mean we're recording this on sunday afternoon i mean it was justin olin hurt last night as well mm. in, a, in a match my main issue with the storm isn't their first 17 it's the complete lack of depth and i think that was what really hurt them last year and i think if anything that depth has, has gotten even maybe a bit worse this year like well they just really don't have the like depth of talent that they did at those positions yeah, to replace I mean, injured guys that they did a few years ago i know it gets harder other teams gets other teams you know have perhaps finally cottoned on to the things that the storm were doing for 10 years where they were able to hoover up all the best talent from around the place but regardless of why it's happening it is probably i would say going back to what campus said about concrete reasons i would say this is probably the worst your depth has looked in quite a while uh I agree and I disagree. I think last year exposed us in the sense that we had more injuries than we've had in a season in I don't know how long last year. And we literally just 
ran out of cattle in the end. Mm. Like there were no more wingers. There were no more centers and fuck, there were barely any forwards left. Like we absolutely limped to the finals. And Some I of us enjoyed the Grant Anderson era. Me personally. Oh God. It's just pain. It's like, it's players who should never have gotten a look in just us having no other alternative but to play these guys and then me getting more and more irrationally mad week after week when they're not world killers like it's just very it was a frustrating year from that regard but it was because we literally ran out of people this Mm. year I can't anticipate the same amount of bad luck right players like Welch yeah yeah, exactly players like Welch who went out like first couple of weeks last year um he's back uh Remus Smith who is my most underrated player like no one rates him but I kind of rate him um he's back and he'll be such a good glue between the wing and you know that and the halfback so I'm, I'm looking forward to him being back and being like consistently there hopefully um not great that Olam just broke his wrist um mm. and that, that's basically confirmed but um I say optimistically we're not going to have as many injuries this year and thus Losing people like Kafusi, like the Bromwich brothers, I don't think is the end of the world that everybody's making it out to be. Um, forwards are weaker than they have been in a long time, but I, I still, I, I still think we have the depth in the halves and in the backs to make up for, you know, not having the best forwards in the world. I think the thing with the Storm is what they really need this year is they need some of that classic Melbourne Storm. They get a couple of guys that you've never heard of and they just turn them into effective. First grade Joey, Joey fucking Chan. You know, Joey, yeah, like 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 Joey Chan. You know, um, he's a second role that they've just signed from Catalan, I think mm. it is. He's mm. Alex, Alex Alex Chan's son. You you guys remember Storm Legend. Alex Chan, Storm Legend and Hero <laughs> Alex Chan. But they need they need Bellamy to sprinkle a bit a little bit of that magic dust on yep. a couple of guys because I thought that was part of the problem last year. Is there was a few guys who they really really relied on who just didn't quite get that sort of Melbourne shine. Like I'm talking about someone like. Josh King, who was pretty effective in the first part of the season. But when he becomes like, when he goes from being a bench guy to being like, you know, maybe your, your third or fourth most important mm, middle, mm. then that can be like, that's asking a lot. That's asking a lot. Do and you reckon? Are, but- I, I reckon it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a lofty kind of idea, but I think it's actually got to do a little bit with pressure. So I think when some of these guys get picked for the first time, right, they really want to impress someone like Craig Bellamy. They really want to make their mark on a team like the Melbourne Storm. And they go out and they play out of their goddamn skin, knowing that they probably only need to play a couple of weeks to fill a gap until someone comes back. Mm -hmm. Except we got to the point where Josh King was our starter every week because we'd run out of people. And he's a combination of A, exhausted and B knows that he's got the spot no matter what. So the effort kind of maybe isn't at that 105, 110% that Bellamy can pull out of these players sometimes. So I think maybe it might be something like that where we just, it was just nobody left and no pressure and no wanting to aim up just because, you know, if I just kill myself now, I'll get the rewards kind of later thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a fair point. And it's a good point you make. I also think like part of it is, the, the thing of Melbourne finding a guy and finding a rough diamond and sort of polishing him up until they shine, that's sort of like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy now. Like mm. if Melbourne sign you, then people expect that that's going to happen to you. And so there's pressure on you to sort yeah. of rise to that to that level. And yeah. like nobody gets it right every time, not even the Storm. And oh, no, thought, no. There are plenty yeah. of ones we've yeah, got. Yeah, wrong. and I just, yeah, I, just no thought, I just thought last year they just didn't have as many as of those guys as they usually yeah. do. But like... 
there's three there's three dudes that they've signed this year who I think we'll all get a little bit of that. Joey Chan's one. We mentioned him before. He's a he's an edge back row. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in the team round one and starting by the end of the year. Yeah. One I really like for him is Ellie Katoa. I was just about to say. Warriors. Yeah, and love love that. I think that's a really class signing. Yeah, me too. And that's kind of a classic one because he's a he's got all the physical tools, but just sort of hasn't really been that well coached since he came into first grade. But it's clear there's something there. So like. That's that's the sort of guy that Melbourne have turned Melbourne have turned into stars ten times over. Like Josh Adokar was that yep. guy until he got to Melbourne, and then he turned into one of the best wingers in the comp. Yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. And Canberra were actually after Ellie Katoa as well, and I wanted Canberra to sign him just so Melbourne wouldn't have him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he would at, at Canberra, he might have turned into like a seven out of ten, but I was like, yep. that's better than having him at Melbourne and be a being a ten out, out of ten. <laughs> the other guy that they got they got back. I'm curious to know what you think about this fella. Um, is Aaron Penny? But he had a year with the Warriors last year. He was at Melbourne before that, but it didn't really work out in NZ for whatever reason. But I quite like him, and I like him for that middle rotation with Welsh and Asipa Sola Mona. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought well, they missed Welsh really badly last year. They were moving Asipa Sola and Mona around a lot. If they just sort of focus on those two and they get some good footy out of Penny, then all of a sudden that's a really really solid foundation. Yeah, I a think really good middle, and and that is an area I thought they struggled a lot last year. Definitely, I um I really like Penny coming back. Um, I didn't mind him at his first stint, but again, I think it was a case of like trying to maybe trying to complicate his role a little bit too much, moving him around too much, trying too many different combinations with the forwards. Whereas I think if he's a good rotational in kind of forward who has these like 20 minute stints I think that's like yeah, his that's bread perfect. and butter um trying to get him to do a bit more than that is complicated um but on the other side of the coin I actually think the player who's going to become our like number one killer forward who's going to rally the guys is actually going to be Nelson Asafa Solomona this year I think he's got big minutes in him I think we've been working really hard to turn him into something that he wasn't and I think that hopefully if it's all coming together, the sort of the way I see the stars aligning at the moment, I think he's going to be um, huge minutes, big impact, and he's going to play maybe one out like towards the edge a little bit more like we had him doing at the end of last year, which I know was a necessity, but I actually really liked it. Um, and if we've got weakness in our centers and our wings, which we quite often do now, I think that's a nice kind of impact yeah. role there. Gives you so, a little bit, it gives you a little bit more strike. I'm, 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 yeah. cu- I'm curious though, like, Big minutes and big, I'm oh, sorry, big impacted big minutes are very rarely the same thing for a player like Nelson. I know. so much on his aggression and his power. And I know. While it would be good if he was, uh, if he was like able to play a little bit more minutes, I wouldn't want to take away from what he does that's unique, which is just like breaking shit. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to lose that. Like I, I look at someone like David Klemmer, right? Who's still mm. a really effective player, but mm. he's not mm. as destructive as he was. They sort of took him and they, and they turned him from like a real bone chill, like a real like rock break and shit kicker into a meter eater. You know what I mean? And you need both of those guys, but it's much harder to find like, you know, a real killer than it is a guy who's going to make a meter. So I just, I wouldn't want him to lose that. I like that edge that he's got. And I, I don't, I don't want that to go away. True, but if I if I hazard a guess with what's happening, I say like meters are in, or, or sorry minutes are inevitable for him this year, just based mm. on what we've got in depth. You know, like he's gonna he, him and Welch, I see as the two main protagonists who are gonna have to plug the gap of the seven hundred odd games of experience we lost mm. in the yeah. off season. Just I, I will. No one involved with the Melbourne Storm is a protagonist. They're all an- <laughs> they are all antagonists at every point. Just a, just a quick correction. <laughs> they can still be the center of attention. Um, the world um, can still re- revolve around my boy Cameron Smith. Yeah, it's a Cameron. weird one, right? Because you talk about the guys that they lost in that forward pack, and we were all kind of like, 
not uh, not just us three, but people in general were kind of like, oh, those guys have kind of had their day and they were on the way out. But at the same time, it has left them a bit thin across the board in the forward pack. Like you need you need guys like Penne to come back and be good, and you need. I mean, maybe Joey fucking Shan will will just come along and be amazing. And it, it does like it. And there's a world where all of this happens, but there's also a world where they get a couple of injuries again. Like, well, if if Welch gets hurt again, God forbid. Mm, mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. just looking like you look at the other like top like forget the bad teams. You look at the other teams that you're going to be competing with in September. And honestly, like even right now at full strength, I don't really like. Melbourne's forward pack matched up against Penrith's, against Paris, against Souths, against the Roosters, like any of them really. Um, and it's it's what's going to happen at the end of the year that kind of worries me with Melbourne this year. I think they'll be able to storm through the regular season, no dramas. They'll probably still win about 15 games, maybe even more. But I just don't know if they've got the guys to be able to dominate in those close games in September anymore. When the when the roster's constructed the way it is and they've invested so much in that spine, and that spine is absolutely crackerjack. Like we all know, mm, of course. Everybody knows how good those four guys are. But when you go that heavy, you got like there's going to be shortcomings in other parts of the roster. And for me, just the 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 margin for error with Melbourne is just really, really thin. They yeah, you know, I know I know like I I, I get what yep. you're saying, Emma, about how much bad luck they had last year, but they need yep. they they don't just need they need good neutral luck. luck, they need a little bit of good luck. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's um, just that's just not something the storm have ever, to, ever had to rely on before. Mm, you know what I mean? I I like I think they're just a bit more like everybody else with the way this team's built at the minute. Yeah, okay. I I agree with that. And um I think the other thing as well, which it's amazed his name hasn't come up yet, but I think the biggest loss is not the Kafusi and the Bromages, it's Brandon Smith, right? Because we had him playing as a forward, right? He occasionally did the, the yeah. swap with Grant, but everybody knows that Grant was always going to be the hooker going forward, which is why he had to leave. But um, I think that he's another massive piece of the puzzle that got lost along the way. And you're right. I think we're like a five out of 10 in our forwards at the moment yeah, and a 10 out of 10 in our backs, which makes us like a 7.5, which is not a good score for us as it has been. Don't make me do maths, Sam. Yeah, and he 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 was probably like the most luxurious of all luxury players ever, really. Oh, for a oh team. I know, I know. Like having right? having like, that guy, and it sucks that you don't have him anymore. Melbourne, right? It was having someone like him come off <laughs> like, the bench. Yeah, exactly, and it's it's it is unfortunate because I I think he is. I mean, I I still think that he's as effective as a middle as he is anywhere else in the field, and he would have done a lot for that team forward wise this year like you play him anywhere really yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah yeah not having him at all and again that's and it, you know you lose you you've you've moved him like he's gone i think tyson smoothie's gone as well so again it's like after harry grant like you're a little bit a little bit thin there as well mm, i mean hopefully mm. harry grant's i mean you've never you, you your old hooker never got hurt so you, you never really had to consider <laughs> Tell me it's like what is this an injury what, what do you what mean the last mean? guy we, what do you mean i don't have the best player to ever play the sport who just played 500 games in a row and never got injured yep yeah, that is tough to replace. They should do that. They should get another best player to ever play the game who never gets hurt and plays every week. I would personally love that. That's, um, what, they should, that's what they should have done, those idiots. I, can't I, do, do that. I do think, to their credit, though, um, it didn't quite work out last year um, in yeah. terms of, you know, uh, team roster and, and how we compensated for that. But um, if there's a team that learns from its mistakes, I really do think mm. it is Melbourne. So I'm not... I'm not too concerned in the sense that like I've always got faith in CB and I'm just going to ride the wave and hope like hell it works out because for the last 20 years, it basically has worked out every other yeah. year. So, um, you know, we're due a premiership 
<laughs> oh yeah, it's been three years. God. I don't know how you cope. I know, I know. God, I, know. I haven't been to a grand final in like two whole years. What's up with that? So oh, my heart breaks for you, man. Thank you, thank you. Talked you talked about learning. Talked about. <laughs> you talked about learning from mistakes. Like signing him wasn't a mistake, but I don't think anybody thought that Xavier Coates gave Melbourne what we thought they were going to get out of him last yeah. year. Yeah. So, what do you want from him, and how did Melbourne get it? Ironic, because he was like the first player that we had signed that had already played origin before we signed him in I don't know how long like I, I can't remember the stat but it was an insane amount of time like almost half our history and um and so I think everybody really had high hopes for him based on that alone it's like he's already an established player quote unquote so he should just be able to slot in and uh I don't I don't know why it didn't work and I'd hazard a guess that the the crossfield kicking to him probably wasn't as accurate and as on point as it could have been. And we were probably relying on him to run too much. And I really don't think he's a running kind of winger. I think he's more of an aerial winger. So if we don't kick to him, he's kind of just standing there going, well, fuck, what do I do kind of thing? He's he, he's not gonna, he's not like a Ravalawa who's just gonna like run someone over, you know, or, or a Sebo or whatever. That's just not his game. So I think bringing in someone like Joel Selwood, who's the um, AFL Cats player who's come in as our leadership coach. And I think that that is code for kicking and, you know, a different kind of playing style coach into the system is going to allow Xavier Coates to be activated in a better way this year. Um, I'd want him to score 25 tries or I think he's a waste of my time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to get that out of him though. So I'm going to have to, you know, reevaluate, but um, Mm. it'd be nice if, if he was, if he played all year and he really didn't get injured, and he had some sort of consistency where he scored, uh, in how many games are they playing this year? Twenty-seven. Uh, it's twenty-seven still 20, rounds. It's, it's twenty-five. Just, no, it's, yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty-five games. Isn't it okay. twenty-four? Don't they all have three buys? It's twenty. No, uh, I don't know. It's okay. twenty-seven rounds. I know that much. Let's say When's, that they play roughly okay. twenty-five games. If I could get twenty tries out of him, I'd be stoked. Mm. Would it be worth it though, knowing that you're morally bankrupt because you had to ally with the Sharon Fisters mm. to get the best out of him? A price for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah is, is it worth is it worth him scoring 20 tries if you've got to give up your honor? That's true. I mean, uh, Next I, think Melbourne, be... I think Melbourne did a deal with the devil a long, long time ago. <laughs> Sitting so in I'm a okay. laneway, drinking a drinking a latte and listening to some weird album. Shameful. Ridiculous. I know, I know but I do I do think that if we kick across to him, it, yeah. it'll, it'll happen better for him. But yeah. Well, like that, that's that's the thing. Like that's his that's his unique quality. Mm. Right? That's the thing mm. they can do better than anybody yeah. else. You said he's not a running winger. I, I don't think of him as like a power winger, like Ravalara or, or Sebo or, to- or anything like that. But I do think his speed is like a an underrated asset. I think people forget how Do you think he's fast? Because I... I think he's I think he's super fast. Yeah. And the thing is you don't have to be a strong, powerful winger to use your running game as an asset. You know what I mean? Like I look at someone like Ado Carr, who I hate to bring up again because I know it hurts you that he left, but <laughs> he's someone who's not really I wouldn't say he's really suited to yardage stuff, but he gets in there and he does it anyway. But and you know he, he, he tacked did... on like 15 kilos in the time he played with us to turn himself into that. Exactly. You know? So that's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm looking for. That's what yeah. I'm looking for with Coates. I I he's always going to be an attacking threat close to the line. You know what I mean? He's always going to be able to jump up and catch balls and he's always going to be able to finish things. But I think for what they've invested in him, I think they need more out of him across the field. He can't just be, yeah. he can't just appear in the attacking 20 and get it done then. Uh, with, I agree with, the way, with, with the way that back five set up, 
Yeah. They need they need more out of him. They got to they got to get as much out of him as they can because he is the the sort of the apart from Olin, he's the only guy who I would say in that two to five who has like true blue pedigree. You know what I mean? I've, yeah. I feel like we've not seen even half what he's capable of. Oh no doubt. I think um I think it's fair to say that he is probably um like Melbourne have overcapitalized him in him at the moment. Like no doubt. I don't think he's worth whatever we're paying him at the moment, especially because we are traditionally paying our wingers you know, a bowl of rice and, you know, some tickets. Um, so I think it's it's a difficult one because I, I I don't think he can live up to it, really. I think the, the ceiling yeah, I think he's is... he's got it in him. Uh, Maybe I'd love to I'd love to be proven wrong. Um, and my default position is always to be negative. But um, but yeah, I I don't think he will ever justify the cost just because I think it's a cost spent in the wrong position. Um, because I think, you know, we found random players who, who turned into be world beaters and we, we found I don't know why we deviated from that method really with him, because if we were going to deviate from that method for someone, why didn't we go for someone like Sivo or why didn't we go for a power guy? One who would suit the running game that we played predominantly last year, because the reason why, I know he wasn't there for most of the year, but the re- when he was there and he still wasn't getting those aerial kicks is because Rome was running and instead of kicking. So if we were committed to a running game, why did we get a guy like that in the first place, basically? It's a fair point. Um, a guy we haven't talked about yet and a guy whose recovery has been very publicized. I uh, went over to America. Um, how, are you at all worried about Ryan Pavanhausen's return and his rehab and, and all that stuff? Um, I think there's a lot that, is kind of not being said about that at the moment. I think a lot of people are looking for the inside scoop in terms of like, oh, he'll be back round three, mm. definitively kind of thing. And I don't think Melbourne's ever going to say, I think he's just going to appear one week and he'll be back. Um, I think Melbourne have spent so much money on him now that they're not going to bring him back before he's ready. Um, yeah. And that's what probably concerns me most is who replaces him in the meantime, because I don't love the idea of playing Nick Meany there, for example, for six weeks, waiting for Pappenhausen to get better. Um, so yes, in answer to your question, I am terrified about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, when he's on, he's on, right? Like he, he's got to be top three fullbacks in the game. If I can be so bold, um, when he's playing his absolute best. Um, but yeah, he seems to be made out of cotton wool and that doesn't usually make for a rugby league hero. Yeah. It, that, it, we talked about a little bit about this on Mitch's last show, but the, the thing that just gives me a little bit of pause with Pappenhausen mm. is it's, it's not, it's not the same injury. Like they say, he's gone over yeah. to talk to the hamstrings, where it's not his hamstrings that have been the, that have been the problem. Kneecap, yeah. He cracked his kneecap. Which is which hectic, is, by the way. Incredibly gnarly. Yeah. The only time I've heard of that happening to a footy player is it happened to James Tedesco in 2014. And it was kind of Teddy's last major injury, mm. but it's like how Pappenhausen, I think before he left for the States, he hadn't even started running again. You know what I mean? That, so that, that's what they said, right? But I, yeah. I can't, I saw all the footage. I watched what they sent um, like a videographer over to to the States with Pappy, right? And they filmed the whole thing and put it up on the Storm like socials as content. And he was moving pretty well for someone who apparently hadn't been running. So mm. I don't know if I believe that per se. I don't know if that was a little bit of like smoke and mirrors. Yeah, perhaps yeah. you know. Um, the, the, the only the only thing that would worry me is that if you come back and he just didn't quite have the speed, because that is his yeah is that's his great weapon. That's what yep. makes him really really special. And like he's good at a lot of things, but that's kind of the 
that's kind of the lead off hitter, man. That's his ace in the hole. Absolutely. And, 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 and because they have put so much in the spine, they just need them all to be fit all the time. They yep. just can't afford to have a season with Nick, with Nick Meany there. You know, Nick Meany, he's all right to fill in for a couple of weeks, but, you know, I think there's a reason that no one's made him their number one fullback all the time. You know yeah. what I mean? He's yeah. a nice guy, nice guy to have in the squad to plug a few holes. Well, but yeah, they, they really they really need the best of Pappenhausen and they, they probably need as much as they can get it. Yeah, we need Meany to be the 14, right? We don't yeah. need him to be the one, you know, and we need all the other guys to happen and and fire every week and whatnot. So, yeah, I, it, it kind of scares me as much as a millennial who spent $1.8 million for a house in Sydney on a 1% interest rate who's coming off their fixed rate at the end of next year. Like, that's the level of, like, terrified I am in the overcapitalizing of our team. But mm. if it works, we win a comp, basically. It's it's that's how leveraged it is, is that if it all fires, no one will stop us. But if it if anyone trips over along the way and breaks their kneecap, we're fucked. The mar- yeah, your margins for error just not what they used to be, where you could have No, we few... used to play I mean, going back a long way now, but we used to play a way more conservative game, not mm. only with our rosters, but also with our game plans as well. Like we used to batten down the hatches, we used to be low scoring, grind them out kind of teams. And people who don't watch Melbourne play footy think that that's still what we are. Yeah. And I think we're not like that anymore. Um, and I see us making a lot of, for lack of a better word, risky decisions with a lot of things now, because I think the game calls for that, you know, with the, with the speed of the game, with the changing of the rules constantly, I think it calls for a riskier kind of position to be in. And I mean, even if you want to go so deep as to say, even this like five year optional opt-in contract for Bellamy year on year, like, I can't imagine a world where we would have agreed to that in like 2015, for example. Mm. But now a, that seems good, like part of the parcel. Yeah, it's a good point you make about how the team style has really evolved. Mm. And I know all the Melbourne myths have sort of been debunked at this point, but the biggest one that they the, the biggest one is pe- is people thinking they're boring and that's just not true. It just no. hasn't been true for years. <laughs> like, I mean, the 2020 grand final, I know I got particular joy out of that, but some of the set plays that you watch them attempt them earlier in the game and they didn't quite come off the first time. So they made a small adjustment on the fly and then they were fucking incredible. Like those kind of moments are something that Melbourne wouldn't have done years ago. They wouldn't have made the adjustment. They would have just kept at it um, because they would have had faith in what they had agreed to beforehand kind of thing. Um, It was just that when you played with the three best players of all time, those things came off first chance more often than not but I like that we make adjustments on the fly I like that we play and I hate this phrase but eyes up footy kind of more I we like to think that, we got to think of a better term we got to we got to think of something new what I mean is basically Munster just goes dog shit right and no one has any idea what he's doing I don't even think he knows what he's doing but it works and it's awesome and I love it but that would not have been the style of footy that we ever played you know so I think mm. I think we're different now than we ever have been before. So like I'm all in. I'm always all in. Um, yeah, but yeah, it it's it's win it or bin it. Realistically, um, like every year, there's like five or six teams that are good, and you just hope it all goes right at the end. And every year, you're one of those teams, and you still are. So it's like you just yeah, you basically just ease Pappenhausen back in, go through the motions for a couple of months. Pick up, yeah. pick up a bunch of wins, and then in September, if you're fully fit, as you said, you'll be right amongst the contenders. Um, I know that that doesn't make the most exciting kind of like summary of what the year is going to no, be, but, but it is it's, it's the truth, right? But it, it's yeah. never going to be like two weeks into 2017. If I'd had a house, I would have bet it on the premiership. <laughs> like that's yeah. how certain I was that we were going to win. Like God. there was just something yeah. about it. There was a feeling. 
there was like the whole thing around Smith's last season. It was, it was a storybook, right? And it was writing itself and I could just see it play out. Nothing is ever that certain anymore in rugby league. So That's true. Well, I, I get what you guys are talking about, about Melbourne sort of timing their run, just getting to the finals and then turning it on. But they've never really been that sort of team. You know what I mean? No, like the but roost, I think the they roosters, have to be this year. Yeah, I know. But it's just going against type. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, Through all the different iterations of this team, right? Their whole, they've, they've never, ever, ever done like the Roosters thing where they just sort of stay amongst it, stay amongst it, and then turn it on with a couple of weeks to go. The Storm yeah. are like 100% at all times to the point where like early, early, sort of early in Bellamy's run, they, they, were, like they never were, they lost were in round one or something. Yeah, never. they've never lost in round one under Bellamy. You know what I mean? And that stat really sum, that's really sums up what I'm talking about. There were years where they burnt themselves out because all they did, wanted to do was win by in like crushing dominant fashion every week. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They get to the end of the season and there's no level for them to rise to. You know what I mean? Like I look at a season like 2021 where they won how many? How many was it in a row? 19. They equal, uh, they equal yeah, the many. Yes. And they burnt themselves out. Yeah. You know they got to the prelim. And Penrith had another gear. Penrith dug deep and found something, but the Storm had nothing because they were always putting everything into everything all the time. So I don't know if they've got it in them. I don't know if Bellamy has it in him to time the run like that. You know, I think, I know he's not as intense as he used to be. Like he's definitely calmed down a little bit, but he's not, he's not the sort of dude that times it. He's like, we're going to be the best at all all times. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, I, if there is anyone though, who has really shifted their, their coaching mindset over the last, like five years is probably Bellamy. I think he's aware that he needs to hand the team on to someone else. And I think he's aware that he needs to sort of put things in place now so that when somebody else takes over, it's as smooth as it possibly can be. And I think that is one thing that Melbourne's always been really good at. Like we planned for the reason why we were so successful post big three is because we planned for it. And I think we're planning for the end of the Bellamy era. And I think we're planning for a change in the rules all the time. And I think, I think we're very well planned in that sense. So uh, I actually think that the schedule this year lends itself to a lift in Melbourne's form towards the end of the year, like probably never before. We have a pretty dog run post game three um, where we have like, I think East, East away, Canberra at home, like a whole bunch of games that we just lose now for some reason. Um, and I think we'll lose, 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 and we'll have like three or four losses in a row, rounds 20 to 24-ish, if mm. I remember the schedule properly. And everyone's going to go, Melbourne's ruined, Melbourne's over, blah, blah, blah. And then we are going to f- hopefully lift straight mm. into the finals this year. Mm. Um, uh, but I think yeah. the schedule is going to kind of force our hand a little bit there because we're mm. going to want to prove people wrong. Yeah, well... I have you guys down in fourth position. I the have them in seventh. Oh, wow. Nicholas Campbell. <laughs> hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So all these issues that we've that we've raised, right? Mm. So they, like, I think there's a chance they start the season a little bit slowly, especially if Pappenhaus is not there, right? Yep. So they're already going to be a little bit back on that. They're going to have to manage the spine around Origin some way because Grant's definitely playing it and Munster's definitely playing it and you want them firing at the end of the year so that stretch that you talked about him that's another couple of losses that you can knock in yep you know I've got him in seventh it's only two spots lower than last year like I could see them like losing maybe one like winning one or two less games than last year I've sort of got them in that mix of teams who can finish anywhere from fourth to about ninth rather than being that team that's in the top four you know what I mean I've just got them a little bit a little bit below where they usually are yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh wow, M's not happy. I'm not. We're gonna have words after. I don't think um, I. I don't <laughs> think I can say them on a. So you, are you, you think where do you, you said anywhere between second and sixth earlier? Do you want to lock that into an exact position right now? Nothing. No, not that any of this matters, but you know. Um. Second comes right after first. It's true. Uh, top top four. Top four. Yep. I genuinely top. don't. Like if we and, finish... and winning the comp, I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Obviously. No, no, no. no. Ask, oh. me, ask me in. I, I never want to do this before the season. No, it's starts, true. Right? You got to, like, you, you can get well, a feel. Good thing you're on a preseason podcast then. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> well, it just means you guys have to get um, me back in I, a couple of weeks. Right? That's true. <laughs> I, I actually do have a question about something related to the storm. So obviously South play that's Melbourne. That's a good thing because we are on a storm preview. That is true. Yeah. So obviously South play Melbourne at Magic Round. It is technically a Melbourne Storm home game. If we win that game, how many times afterwards? Will I have to say we finally won away to Melbourne before you get furious? Once, one, uh, <laughs> it's not going to happen. So it I might. don't know what it won't. Oh yeah, the um, storm in Queensland. Yeah, that's an yeah. Easy the storm one. in Queen. Yeah, I would almost take the storm at Suncorp as a greater certainty than the storm at Amy Park. <laughs> I really would. I mean, the, the the Amy Park game went to Golden Point last year. It's not like a, and and if fucking who was that guy that the winger? What was his name? I forget. We like we moved it. Was it Jackson Paulo? Of course, yeah. It was if it not for Jackson Paulo, we would have won easily. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I, say that I, I put that game games, entirely though. out of my mind because it doesn't matter to anyone else except you. But what a weird um... game. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well, that's true. No, but anyway, uh, I'm gonna say we won in away to Melbourne. <laughs> you you can say that, but I mean, technically, if they have, be correct. If they have those little frozen um slushies, then. Yep. Uh, you true. can say anything you can say to me, and yeah. by the time we get to that game, I won't care. The real look, you can tell look the the main. You can tell the veterans of Magic Round, the ones who can time their run to the frozen slushing machine, so they're not in the massive line. It's all about knowing when to go. Although day three, <laughs> day three was bullshit. They had one flavor left for day three. It was chaos. Can I Absolutely can chaos. I just lean on the uh, anti patriarchy for a second? I've never actually gone to the slushy vendor myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's the most on-brand thing I've ever heard. Well, and that's, if that's, what, that's what that's what happens in Joe Biden's America. It's yep. true. This is, this is the, the future, future the Democrats, Democrats want. want. Listen, Just... you guys, you guys, I don't put my beam it in my Twitter bio, oh, okay? But that's, I that's, will I hate get... cut her off. That's the cut worst, her off. Dude. Cut her but off. I will get over. free slushies at Magic Round. What kind of person who's terminally on the computer would dare have a link asking people to give them money? Not I. That's for sure. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash NRL At least we're offering like at least we're offering a service. That's yes. true, including the oh. Coltrane Cup, which M won. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah, um, but it does. You know, it means I can't do it this year, right? Why? You don't I have wanna... a very one and done mentality about. Yeah, that's this fair. Thing. Every time I win something, I just like to pack it up and never go back. No, to I, it thought, so I, I maintain I think, I think my win records. That's that's fair. But what what if Cameron Smith had done that, M? What if he just said, "No, I'm done with footy after one premiership"? <laughs> yeah, I I appreciate. Yeah, it's, it's not. not. It's not. But if Cam, um, imagine if you told Cam Smith, "I'm at the top of my game and I'm walking away." He'd be so disappointed. Yeah, imagine if Cam no, Smith he'd say, in 2007. Um, "M, you're five foot five and you broke your hand playing touch football." I think that's a good call. Would you? Would you say, Cam? How did you know that? I don't <laughs> who, told, who told you? I also don't think you need to be in like physical shape to play the win premierships. Cup. And can you tell the story of how you broke your hand playing touch? Yes, football? please, please do. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Um. So um, we played down at Camperdown Park, um, RIP, I miss it greatly. And um, it was, uh, the season had just sort of started back up after everyone was allowed to go back outside and do everything, um, except Camperdown Park, it must be the only 
green space within like a 10 kilometer radius of that area. And you know, Campo, like everyone would go down there during lockdown and just like do laps around the park, right? Because that was the only social activity that you were allowed to do. So the, the field, which is very, um, it's a very generous term for what it was, had absolutely copped it from just people trudging all over it all the time. And um, so we were playing, um, Jack Brady was there actually. Um, I had convinced him, it wasn't even my game. We were just filling in. And I said to him, uh, hang back and play a game with me anyway. It'll be fun. Um, famous last words. And we stood on the sideline for a while for the first couple of minutes because it wasn't my team. And eventually I got subbed in. I ran into dummy half and I scooped the ball up and made one run to Brady. And Brady immediately starts abusing me. Um, bless. That's how he gets the best out of me when we play. So he's a hard taskmaster. He is a hard taskmaster, but it it works. You know, do I have do I have a shame kink? Who knows, right? But I got bullied into playing the most intense game of touch footy in my life. Um, so yeah, I I ran really fucking hard to the next play and went to pick up the ball. Except um, while I was busy sprinting, I wasn't looking where my feet were, and I stepped in this huge ditch mm. um, right in the middle of the field. And I already had my hands out to kind of like scoop the ball up and. Mm. Uh, next thing I know, the ball was not there, and neither was my hand because it broke a hand picking up a ball. In do you do you yeah. think Trying to pick you up had a ball, broke a hand? There you go. Do you think yeah, I, I could have told it a lot faster. Thank ah. you. <laughs> do you think if you'd strayed away from this lifestyle you've developed of getting your simps to bring you everything, if you'd mm. have you had some experience in picking things up yourself, maybe that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> And there's the crux of the issue. Poor, <laughs> poor M never had to lift anything in her life, right? Uh, but you lifted for this show and we're very happy that you came on. One more uh, thing, one more thing yep. just before we go. Is there a young player at Melbourne who you're particularly keen to see this year? I, I was really gonna say there about? are there are a couple of guys that I did want to talk about. Um I noticed that we have um I think five contracted players in the under 19 Maroons um emerging squad this year. So I know that under 19s is very young, but if anyone's thinking that Melbourne are going to career off a cliff anytime soon, I urge you to watch some of the under 19s and then tell me I'm wrong because mm. I think I think we're good. But the Titans um, have the most Australian schoolboys, as we as we learned the other day. So yeah, but the Titans have a, an issue with retention. We also so. have no idea if that's true. Chris just said it on the show. Yeah, I, I, oh, I really? take Chris at his word. I trust him. I, I do too. I, I, you said it confidently enough. I yeah. Well, that's the thing. He sold it to us. It felt true. You know. It did. I like it. Like did I fact check it? Absolutely yeah, no not. Way. Feelings are more important than facts. Um, true. But if you think back to last year during the um, the Origin matches, um, the under-19s Origin game, um, there was a halfback for New South Wales who killed it, um, set up like the most amazing last try. He just so happens to be contracted at Melbourne. It's a bummer that those things keep happening to all the other teams. Um, so his name is Jonah Pezzett, and I'm really excited for him. I think he played in the trial today, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So... I'll go back and have a look and see how he went. But I still think he's like a tiny human being. And again, like made of the same cotton that Ryan Pappenhausen is made of. So I'm terrified. But um, he might get a run during um, Origin, you know, when Munster is, is out. And if he's next to someone like Hughes who can help steer him around, I'm really excited about what that might be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll dig up some children and that'll all be fantastic and everything will be fine because it always is. <laughs> now you make us sound like we're zombies or something. No, I think you I'm, just I'm have cool like a factory of like teenage rugby league players that no one's ever heard of and you just churn them out and when you need them, they arrive. Do you remember the fullback factory? I do really miss that. We had drink water. <laughs> we had Pappenhausen. We had... Um, Nico. 
Nico Hines. How could I forget? Hands from mm. Nico Hines. Yeah, we had everyone just parked behind Billy Slater, just waiting. And you had to let Greg Inglis leave because he wanted to play fullback too. That was just real bummer. Truly that, the fucking salad days. That damn salary camp. Why are they called salad days, by the way? No one likes salad. You like okay. salad, don't you? Well, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I eat it. Hey, resident vegan. vegan. <laughs> yes, I eat it. It doesn't mean I like it. Um, but like, why are like good things called salad days? It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Steak days. Well, I mean, just well, like no, ice cream then days. Bunga can't enjoy them, right? Yeah, you like can't I enjoy I, ice also, cream. Like I don't. Know, I think steak is particular. Well, I eat ice cream all the time. What are you talking about? Um, there's. I don't know if you sit. I hope you're sitting down for this, Emma. But um, <laughs> you can make ice cream out of plant-based milks. Is yes, but crazy? then it's not really ice cream, is it? Why? It's what? plant-based cold cream. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. no, cream. It's not even cream. It's just uh, no, um... it's not. I don't know. Oh, right. So it's been it's, too it's, long on this. It, yeah. It's, so coconut cream. It's like then. milk with M Y L K, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's they're just words. I mean, the the words are only there so people know what they mean. Make sure Peanut you drink plenty of milk to get all the vitamin R that you need, mate. Exactly. And I think that's where we should end it with two journalists saying words don't matter. That's right. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Em, uh, anything to promote? Not really. Just. No. Um, I am renovating my house at the moment, though. So if you need help renovating your house. And her address, if you're wondering. No, is... no, no, no. <laughs> um, I'll give you my opinion on things because that's what I love to do. We can do the simp version of The Apprentice. Just a bunch of weirdos showing up at your house doing chores for you. No, no, no. We have yes, that, a that happened meeting Magic times. Year, That's pretty much exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have arranged meeting times at the Cameron Smith Park at St. Court. Okay, fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Emma. Say goodbye. Goodbye. And say goodbye, Campo. See you guys. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>